and we are looking at stories from the bible where uh, men and women of god who made such bold request to god and uh, most importantly how did god respond to their prayer you know which is staggering and should really stir our faith and build us to pray and cry out to this god who responds to prayer amen amen we've looked at a few old testament stories six and all and we've looked at three new testament stories stories of prayer made to jesus directly and how did jesus respond we are in our fourth story and if you remember you were there last sunday you remember i i shared uh, the first half of the story we will do a recap and uh, we are looking at the story of a gentile woman a woman whose name we don't know but we know that she was a gentile which simply means she was not a jew she was a syrophenician woman and uh, she was from uh, the region of canaan so that's why matthew and mark both narrate a story matthew 15 and mark 7 both narrate the story and uh, what have we looked at so far let's just quickly have a recap we know this woman is a mother she has a young girl a young child who is demon possessed and that's been the reason for a lot of sorrow she's tried everything uh, in her own strength and uh, probably reached out to many and no one's been able to Uh, help her finally she reaches out to jesus she acknowledges that jesus is the lord and that he's the savior and she's a discerning woman who knows that her child has been possessed by an evil spirit what was surprising that we saw last sunday was jesus's response initially jesus was quiet he did not say anything to her like uh, in english we say he turned a deaf ear to her he wasn't even listening to her and we wonder why why would jesus do that and finally when she tried to reach him through the disciples and that didn't work she approaches jesus directly and she makes a bold request why bold because she is a gentile woman asking a jewish man which is in itself a very bold step and she says lord help me save me <coughs> save my daughter to which jesus says he answered it isn't right to take the children's bread and throw it to their dogs right so we looked at one aspect of it we looked at what jesus was exactly saying that he was called to the jews right the mission was very clear it started with the jews and then it would go to the gentiles okay so the point is fair enough but why say dogs why why mention dogs and uh, you know is that offensive did the woman take an offense and how do we see it uh, from our perspective we quickly looked at uh, the big question of the dogs we looked at there were two types of dogs both mentioned in the bible one is a ferocious dog uh, the wild dogs the savages and the other were the pets jesus mentioned both if you remember i showed you the verse where jesus mentioned about the savage dogs saying don't throw pearls before dogs and swines right or they will trample you and they will attack you and that's uh, in the context of correction and uh, so we looked at that from matthew chapter 7 verse 6 and uh, yeah so now we're going to move ahead so i'm just going to quickly pray that god will give us a mighty revelation this morning hallelujah the story is amazing and uh, we need revelation from the holy spirit to understand and receive so that uh, such wealth is stored in our life right spiritual wealth father we just want to thank you lord that you are amazing there is none like you and we come before you this morning we pray and ask you that you will reveal things to us lord you will open our eyes to the truth of your word 
reveal things, Lord Jesus, as this uh, woman's story made, inspire us to live in a way that we please you and glorify you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. All right. To the 21st century, a reference to a dog or Jesus' answer may seem very offensive. You know? And if you search the internet, a lot of people have taken offense. Uh, more offense than the woman did. We will look at the woman's response. But people have said, you know, how, how could Jesus treat a woman like this? Because this is, we are living in the, you know, woman's liberation time. So people would say, you know, how would Jesus talk to a woman? How, why would Jesus talk so, something like this to a, a non, non-Jew? You know, was Jesus trying to be a racist? Was Jesus trying to be rude? Was Jesus trying to be this? Was Jesus trying to be that? There's a lot of uh, nonsense on the internet. And the critics of the Bible would really have a field of a day with this story. But let's let's look at this objectively now. Okay. Jesus made a reference to the dogs. Right? We will we will look at more detail uh, of that perspective. But uh, I want to say something. We, we Indians and uh, we people of the 21st century all the time make reference to people and dogs. And uh, here is where I'm going to prove my point over the next three slides. Okay, so this is going to be fun. Have you heard of the term called bulldog? Whenever a lawyer is fighting a case, ask me, you know, read it in so many books. And he's, he's really going for it. People often refer to him as he's, he's fighting like a bulldog. You know, he's going for it. If, they, if a company has a top manager who is like, you know, bossing around and all, people will always call him the top dog. Or if there is a sales team and there is one guy who is doing so well, people refer to him as, you know, this guy is a top dog. He's, he's the boss of our company. Have you heard of the term puppy eyes? Yeah, we've all said that, oh, he's so cute. He's got puppy eyes, you know, like big, big eyes. We often tell people he's, he's got puppy eyes, you know, puppy eyes, puppy eyes, puppy eyes. You know, we, we often refer to people like that. How about Proverbs? Every dog has his day. You know, when somebody wins, you think, oh, today this nation won against a powerful nation. Come on, yeah, every dog has his day. How about, you know, uh, barking dogs seldom bite? We've said that, right? Yeah, we, we use those uh, terms. If someone is not ready to learn something new, like, you know, I, I'm not so tech savvy, I don't know this, do that. You say, oh, you can't teach old dog, old dog new tricks. Right? These are all proverbs that we use every day. We use every day. In fact, oh, another beautiful proverb, I hope you like this. It says, don't be afraid of a barking dog, but be afraid of a silent dog. It's a Russian proverb, you know, which has a deep meaning actually. You know? Don't be afraid of a person who attacks you. Be afraid of a person who's seething inside and planning something sinister, a revenge. You know? Be afraid of a silent dog. Then look at the terms that we use, dog idioms. We, we talk of dog-eat-dog dog world, you know, which is such a competitive world. We, we say, how the British say, it's raining cats and dogs, which means it's really raining heavily. We talk of, you know, they're fighting like cats and dogs. Yeah? Children are fighting like cats and dogs, which means they're really going for each other. We talk of uh, the tail that wags the dog, which means, you know, it's not the dog that is wagging the tail, but it is something that is minor that is leading your life and guiding your life. And there are so many other terms that we use with regards to dogs. Uh, there's a lovely quote that uh, Bill Murray says. He says, I'm suspicious of people who don't like dogs. But I trust a dog when it doesn't like a person. Yeah, this is a deep, right? If there are people who don't like dogs, you wonder why. But if a 
dog doesn't like a person, you know why. Because dogs have this acute sense of smell and, uh, you know, somehow they've got this discerning spirit in them that they can figure out this guy's got something, you know, they, they smell fear and all that they say. So it's interesting. So it's, what is interesting is how often we who are criticizing Jesus use this term day in, day out. I'm not even mentioning about Dharampa's Shole. I mean, Indians have taken it to a new level altogether. You know, <laughs> you know? so we, we've said it left, right and center. And um, it's, uh, so why are we objecting to what Jesus is saying? Also, also now I'm going to defend Jesus in the right sense. Okay? So let's understand what Jesus said. Okay? Because we are living in the 21st century, we are looking at a statement that Jesus made after 2000 years. That's a long, long time. That's a long, long time. If it had been after 21 days, we would have made sense. 2000 years is a long time. A lot changes. Cultures change. Lives change. The way we use idioms change. Maybe 2000 years later, if, if Jesus has not returned by then, people will look at our generation and say, how rude these guys were. You know, they, they made proverbs on dogs. And they said every dog has his day. And, you know, there were so many things, if they are very animal-centric. So today, uh, I want to explain to you what Jesus said. So firstly, let's understand a Jewish custom. Jews were high on food. For them, food was something that was extremely important. They believed in eating together. Their meal was not just a meal. Their meal was a time of fellowship. They ate together. It was not just festival times. But the whole family would come together and they would not start till everybody's at the table. So it was precious. It was sacred. For the Jews, food was sacred. That is what set them apart from the Gentiles. Are we clear so far? Huh? They, so when they sat to eat, they had rules. Jews had many rules. If you read the Bible very carefully, there are many, many rules with regards to food. Now, the Jews were animal lovers. No wonder Jesus mentioned about so many animals. You know, the Jews, Jews loved animals. They also loved animal sacrifice. That's another thing altogether. But they loved animals. They had lots of animals. So you hear about um, dogs and you hear about um, sheep, goat, ram, horse, uh, camel. You know, so many, so many uh, wolves. So many animals are mentioned and birds are mentioned in the Bible. Uh, God uses animals, right? God uses lion, God uses uh, uh, ravens, God uses a oh, oh, large fish. So many, so many animals are there in the Noah story. There is the raven, there's the dove, so many animals. Now the Jews had this rule. They, most homes, most homes had pet dogs. These pet dogs were called kunarias. So there are two Greek words we must understand. Sadly, in English, it's both dogs. In Hindi, it's both kutte. But in the Greek, there are two words. There is kunaria and there is askal. Interestingly, Jesus used both. Askal, Jesus used in Matthew 7 verse 6, where he was saying, don't throw precious pearls to wild dogs. They are scavengers. They are, you know, wild. They are brutal. They will come and they will tear you to pieces. That is where Jesus used the word askal, the wild dogs. Here in this story, Jesus is referring to kunaria. Kunaria are these small dogs that often Jewish people had as their <coughs> pet in their house. Okay, so understand that now. Now the rule, the household rule of every Jew was this. 
you there are three rules okay understand three rules first you will never allow a pet on the table you will never allow that that's a big no no because why i told you the food is sacred so you cannot allow a dog to come on the table the dog cannot eat from the table first rule number 2 you will not feed the dog while you are eating you will not do that you will first focus on the meal because you are eating together the third rule was the dogs will wait patiently very often under the table they will wait patiently till you finish and then what is left over is given to the dogs these were the three founding and grounding rules of the jews now in the context of the rules when you hear what jesus has said it's absolutely right absolutely right it is absolutely no offense neither the disciples are taking any offense and most interestingly <coughs> we will see the canaanites respond she is not taking any offense but now here comes the twister here comes the bubbly there was one loophole in the rule in the rule what was that let me show you the dogs were often seating under the table why because when the food was laid on the table it was a large big table that the jews had right and you know jesus was a carpenter so he even made tables and uh, these large tables were there and the food was laid on the table but very often clumsily people dropped food <coughs> children do that all the time don't they right so if you look at matthew 7 Uh, you look at Matthew fifteen, Mark seven. There are two references. One says the master's table; the master drops the food. The Mark version says the children drop the food. It's so common, right? We all drop food. We all clumsy, and these guys used to often recline on the table. So food dropping was quite, quite ordinary, quite, quite normal. And then, then there was the exception to the rule was if any food fall from the table, the dogs have full right to go for it. you understand yeah the dogs cannot eat from the table they cannot eat from the master's hand while they have to wait patiently till everything is over and then get the food now this is exactly what jesus is telling her you know the rule lady you know that you've got to wait i've got to finish with the juice first then i'm coming for the gentile so right now i cannot take that which is belongs to the child and give it to you <coughs> i cannot do that but the woman is so clever she says yes i know I know, Lord, and this is our answer. Now listen to our answer very carefully. She says, "Truth, Lord, truth. What you said is true." She's not saying, "How dare you say that, Jesus? I am. I have taken such offense. I will never come to you, and I am going to report you to the whoever council that is. You know, you've offended me. I am going to the Women's Liberation Committee and lodging a complaint." She doesn't say anything like that. She says, "True." what you have said is absolutely true i know the rules and yet she says there is a loophole to the rule lord she says yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table you know that if there is someone who drops it then the dogs will go for it they are not going to wait if it's fallen down right and uh, you know many many jews sometimes would purposely drop food so that their dogs can eat they would do that because uh, they know the 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 boss of the house would say no 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 feeding the dog but the children were because they loved the dog so much they would say oops gir gaya gir gaya and then the dogs would come and eat so it was like a game you know <coughs> it was like a game but this was the woman's response what an amazing response it is 
what an amazing response it is she says lord i even now i can tap from you i know you've not come for us i know you've not come here to heal people this visit of yours is for you to rest i understand this visit of yours is to be with the disciples but i have come i don't deserve it but i know you are so gracious that you will give it to me right so she uses the same analogy that jesus uses and look at jesus's response now this is amazing jesus answered her matthew 15 28 oh woman great is your faith hallelujah hallelujah now this is what we must focus on not on the previous verses this is what we must focus on this woman has shown great faith it is only twice that jesus said this one was to the centurion and one was to this uh, woman you know it's not very often that jesus is surprised or uh, you know amazed and this was an amazing faith that this woman displayed and this was jesus's response he says oh woman great is your faith be it done for you as you desire hallelujah what authority he says what you are asking for all this while it will be done to you and the bible says her daughter was healed instantly amen amen i mean there is a small bit that matthew leaves out which mark covers he says she went away to her house and found the child was sleeping was sleeping really like a baby with the demon gone out which means the child may have not slept for many many days you know somehow she went home and she immediately figured out that look at how peacefully the child is sleeping and maybe i don't know what how she made out but she knew the demon was gone hallelujah can we give the lord jesus a big round of applause in both amazing stories <coughs> jesus didn't have to go to the victim you know jesus didn't have to go in, even in the case of the centurion jesus never went to the servant and even in this case jesus never went to the child why because you had two exemplary people who demonstrated such great faith said lord you don't need to come just say it and it will be done and this woman had a similar request she said lord give it for me give it to me and jesus said come what faith what faith lady you what you asked for is granted granted hallelujah hallelujah that is the lord we serve brother this is what a story let me quickly end by telling you three lessons three lessons that we can learn from this woman and the reason i kept this story for last is because it is so so special now i'm not comparing it to any other story the story of moses is equally special and the story of anna is equally special the story of peter is special but the reason is there is so much to learn from this story let's quickly look at three lessons the first the first lesson is standing the time of test there are two phrases in english the test of time which means you've got to wait which is again my third point but my first point is standing the time of test which means we will all go through testing times and how we go through that testing time will determine how strong our faith is hallelujah amen amen you whether you look at relationships or bridges they all are tested how much weight can a bridge carry right i remember the first time when the bandra ceiling which is one of our largest bridges in uh, mumbai was being tested they took a car first then they took a truck then they took a trailer then they took a heavy trailer to see can this bridge carry that weight right 
Similarly, every relationship goes through its own testing period, whether it is children and parents, whether it is husband and wife, whether it is friends, any relationship which is intimate will go through a testing period. Similarly, this woman was being tested. Friends, the pandemic has been a testing time for all of us. You know, I know the other day I was hearing someone say this. A pastor said to me that some flocks, some flocks have come and joined his church. Why? Because the pastor of that flock abandoned his church and went away. I was so sad, so heartbreaking to hear that. You know, the this pandemic has been a time of testing for all of us to know how strong we are in God. Can we hold on to him? in these times and that's why i love what jackie bought this morning about promises our god is a promise keeper hallelujah he's a promise maker he's a promise keeper so we must hold on to him this woman held on to jesus look at what peter says 1 peter chapter 1 verse 7 says why do we go through testing this is this is where it explains he says the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. It says, listen, a gold, how do you know a gold is pure? It's a metal. But how do you know it's pure? It is refined by fire. And it is refined and refined. And they say it's seven times refined till it becomes pure gold. And it says, if gold is a metal that perishes, how much more your faith in that sense is imperishable, right? We will always put our faith in God. It says, your faith is getting tested. We will all be tested. Last 17 months have been months of being tested. And it says, why? So that we can praise God. We can honor him. We can glorify him on the day he's revealed to us. They're saying, Lord, we held on to you, Lord. We held on to you. Many pandemics came. Many challenges came. Many ups and downs have come in our life. But we have held on to you, Lord. Hallelujah. And that is where the Bible says we will be rewarded. We will be given the crown of life, the crown of glory, the crown of righteousness. Three crowns await us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The second thing is uh, any guesses how many currencies are there in the world? Any guesses? Any random guesses? Okay. Okay. It's difficult to unmute. Right? Huh? It's 180. It's 180 different currencies that exist in the world today. You know, and what is beautiful about the currency is what works in India will not work in Pakistan. What works in Bangladesh will not work in Sri Lanka. What works in Europe will not work in Africa. There are 180 different kinds and types of currency. And the beauty is it works only in that region or kingdom. So if you use a dollar in the United Kingdom, it will not work because the United Kingdom honors only the pound. So you see the queen left on top, right? The Benjamins will not work with the queen. You will need the queen's photo when you go to Britain, right? Similarly, the kingdom of God 
No other currency will work. No other currency will work. There is one currency that works in the kingdom of God. What is that currency? It is the currency of faith. Hallelujah. It is faith that works in the kingdom of God, friends. Hallelujah. It's not works that works. It is not uh, your animal sacrifice or wearing a certain type of clothes. Or for that matter, you know, covering your head. All that doesn't work. That, that, those, those are practices. Those are practices. What works? Ek sikka. Jo parmishwar ke rajya mein chalta hai. Wo vishwas ka sikka hai. Hallelujah. There is one currency that works in the kingdom. That is faith. This is what Hebrews chapter 11 tells us. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says. Faith. Without faith. It is impossible to please God. You cannot go with any other currency into the kingdom of God. It will not work. It is faith because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Hallelujah. And faith does that. That is what this woman's faith did. She was like, yes, I know you exist. She clearly acknowledged Jesus as the Lord, as the son of David, as the Messiah. She believed. And then she sought him. She earnestly sought him. Hallelujah. When you see, look at this word, earnestly seek. You must think of this Syrophoenician woman. What seeking she did. She earnestly sought him. And that's why she was rewarded. She was rewarded. If you look at this woman's story, she exemplifies Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. She demonstrates what's Hebrew 11, Hebrews 11 verse 6. She showed great faith. And the third thing is persistence, persistence, hallelujah. She was not willing to give up. Why is persistence so important? You see, some prayers, some bold prayers were answered immediately. Then, attack immediately. But there were some prayers that took time. There are many stories, in fact, some healing stories even, <coughs> that took time. And persistence was a topic that was high on Jesus's agenda. He often told us, when you pray, pray persistently. You know, Jesus said these two beautiful parables. Someday I will share on this in detail. He spoke of the parable of the persistent widow. That's how your Bible will even title it. Where this woman, this widow goes to this uh, judge. Remember this story? right? And uh, the judge is not bothered. They like, get lost. And then she comes again and then again and then again and then again. And the Bible says his judge was so powerful. He didn't even fear God. He was a ruthless judge. But just looking at the persistency of the widow, he said, my goodness, I must give her justice. I must give her justice. And Jesus then turns to us and says, imagine if the unjust judge was moved by persistency, how much more our heavenly father. Hallelujah. When we pray, do not give up. On your prayer. You know, say Lord. Continue to pray. And say Lord. I come to you Lord. Do it Lord. I believe. There's another story about this. Man who goes to his neighbor. Because his friend has come. In the middle of the night. And he knocks the door. And says please open. And give me some food. Because my friend has come. It, these are two crazy parables. Right. And the man says go away. Go away. I am I'm with my children. I am in the bed. It's night time. I put everything away. And he says, he's still lying on the bed and thinking, my goodness, this guy is so bold to come in the middle of the night 
and asked, right? Have you done that? Have you ever done, gone to your neighbor's house and knocked the door? Yeah, because you know, it's not the, about the time, it's about the emergency, right? And that shows great faith and trust and love and dependency on your neighbor. And that is exactly what Jesus is saying. Uh, I'm not going to preach these two. I'll keep it for some other day. But these are amazing stories. My point is this. Jesus said in Luke 11 verse 9, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. Hallelujah. Amen. The words ask, seek and knock are in present continuous. Which simply means in English, it should, it should sound this way. Ask and keep asking and it will be given to you. Seek and keep seeking and you will find. Knock and keep knocking and the door will be opened to you. It's not a one-time thing. It's a present continuous term in the Greek. Right? Keep asking and it will be given. Keep seeking and you will find. Keep knocking and the door will be opened. Sometimes you and I very quickly give up on prayer. No, we say, I asked the Lord a couple of times. It didn't happen. I'm dropping it. No, no, no. Don't do that. This, these great parables and these great stories and these verses are teaching us something. Be persistent in prayer. This beautiful quote says, by Jim Watkins says, a river cuts through the rock, not because of its power, but because of its persistence. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I really hope you've enjoyed this series. I have so enjoyed preaching through this uh, bold prayer series. One thing we know, one thing, God listens. Can you turn to someone and say these two words? God listens. God listens to bold prayers. Hallelujah. We have a God who listens to bold prayers. So let us make bold prayers. Let us make bold prayers because we have a God who will not turn us away who will not give us a deaf ear. If we persist, if we trust in him, if we stand the test and we have faith, he will answer our prayers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. On the 12th, we will look at prayers that Jesus didn't answer. And there's a reason. There's a reason to that. And so it's so important to know uh, how you align yourself in the will of God. You know, that's, that's the most important thing. I will look at that. But uh, till then, keep making bold prayers. Keep making bold prayers and let nothing stop you. All these 10 recordings are available in Messiah. If any of you ever want to uh, get back to it, you can always ask us and we send you the link. Come, let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord. Amazing, amazing, Lord. Jesus, you are so amazing. Thank you for uh, these stories in the scriptures, Lord. We thank you for this woman's faith. Lord, we truly want to say what great faith this woman had displayed uh, against all odds. She held on to you, Lord, and uh, she trusted you and you were impressed with her faith, Lord. Lord, we want to impress you with our faith. When you see us face to face, we want you to tell us, well done, good and faithful servant. Lord, may our faith make us faithful. We pray that, Lord Jesus. Help us as a church <coughs> to be faithful and to be persistent in our prayers. And make bold prayers that please you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen.